What's going on, everybody? So I want to let everybody know about my new merch brand. Okay, so I just got one of my new t-shirts that came in yesterday. The reason why I created this brand was because I wanted everybody to think about allowing the stock market to pay for everything that you need. So if you want to go on vacation this summer or go on vacation later this year, don't pay for it, trade for it. If you need to pay for your daughter's tuition, don't pay for it, trade for it. If you want to get an investment property, a beach house, or whatever your life truly desires, don't pay for it, trade for it. If this is a brand that you want to be a part of, that you want to rock, look, go to www.tradeforyourself.com, click catalog, and go look at the products that I have. On top of that, I've got free shipping on all orders. So this is the perfect opportunity for you to rock up on a t-shirt like this. Look, remember, don't pay for it. Trade for it. I'm going to catch y'all later on the other side. Welcome back to another episode of the Trade for Yourself podcast, where my mission here is still very simple. I just want to help you learn how to trade and invest in the stock market for yourself. So please make sure that you like this video, okay? Please like this. Please subscribe. Make sure you hit that notification bell so you can be in the know every single time I drop an episode, okay? So you can be there, okay? Whenever the notification comes to your phone for everything that I do, it will come directly to your phone and you can tap in directly, okay? I appreciate that, but remember, please like it, okay? Please like this. Look, disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, nor am I a fiduciary. I don't manage money professionally. So please do your own research before investing into any stock. So, you know, yesterday was election day. And midterm elections tend to affect the market. And there's some interesting statistics around midterm elections and how they affect the stock market. And so what I wanted to do today was to talk about how do midterm elections affect the stock market. And I have some articles pulled up that I want us to check out because I think they are very, very important in terms of understanding how do midterm elections affect the stock market and what should we expect moving forward and 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 i believe that right there is very very important for us to understand so let me share my screen here let me share my screen here and so i've got three articles that i want to go through that i believe highlight very very clearly about how midterm elections affect the stock market. And the first one is from U.S. Bank, um, U.S. Bank Corp Investments Wealth Management. And the title of this article is How Midterm Elections Affect the Stock Market. And the key takeaways is the 2022 midterm elections will influence the legislative agenda of the next Congress and could impact physical policy, including taxation and spending priorities. Does history provide any guide for investors on what the outcome of midterm elections might mean for the markets and economy? The 2022 midterm elections take place on November 8th. Though typically garnering less attention than a presidential election, midterm elections are important because they could lead to a change in control of the U.S. Senate and House of Representatives. This can have a significant impact on policy, laws, and foreign relations. But how do these elections affect the stock market and how does that affect you and your investments? To better understand, U.S. bank analysts studied Bloomberg market data from the past 60 years 
and the 15 midterm elections held during this period to identify midterm election cycle patterns. While past market performance is no guarantee of future results, analyzing historical data offers insights into how midterm elections might affect the market and your investment portfolio in the coming year and beyond. So stock market performance in midterm election years. How does the market actually perform during this time? Stock market performance during midterm election years can be separated into two categories, pre-midterm election and post-midterm election. When we look at pre-midterm election stock market performance, the S&P 500 index has historically underperformed in the year leading up to midterm elections. The average annual return of the S&P in the 12 months before a midterm election is 0.3%, significantly lower than the historical average of 8.1%. Post-midterm election stock market performance, we look at that. The post-midterm election period is a very different story. The S&P 500 has historically outperformed the market in the 12-month period after a midterm election with an average return of 16.3%. This is especially true for the one- and three-month periods following midterm elections, which historically have significantly outperformed years with no midterm election. And so they have a chart breakdown of the midterm election year stock performance since 1962. And these are all of the presidencies since 1962 with the president and the political party. Now, the presidents aren't that very important, okay? They're not that very important. What we need to pay attention to, though, is this far right corner, the, the, the far right column, excuse me, the S&P 500 performance over the last 12 months. If you look at, let's just look at 1962, 30.9%, 1974, 20.5%, 1990, 29.1%, 2002, 18.6%, 2010, 5.9%. The last one, 2018, is 12%. So if we in terms of performance of the S&P 500, the 12 months after a midterm election. But this is what I think is, is most important. Like, like we understand the performance and that how the midterm elections has been outperforming. But look at every single one of these 12 months these 12 month performances. There is not one 12 month performance since 1962. Okay, there's not one that has been negative. There has not been one, I repeat again, there has not been one S&P 500 price performance the 12 months after and a midterm election cycle that the market has been negative. That is something that we need to pay attention to. And that is something that is important to me, right? And in, and 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 like I said earlier in the article, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to have the same level of performance in 2023 after this midterm election. But understanding historical data is very, very important because the stock market is very, very cyclical. It's very, very cyclical, and it can be predictable at times if you understand the things that affect the stock market, okay? Now, debating the causes of stock market changes before and after midterm elections. Why does the market underperform in the 12 months leading up to midterm elections 
and overperform the 12 months after midterm elections. One factor might be might be policy uncertainty. Without knowing which political party will hold majorities in Congress, it's unclear which social and economic policies will take priority. This uncertainty resolves after the midterm election. The problem with this theory is that the outcome of midterm elections has no noticeable impact on overall equity market performance. According to our analysis, the party or parties controlling Congress and whether they change after a midterm election is historically not an indicator of market performance. So again, like, like I talked about in my last episode, the stock market does not like uncertainty. And so the uncertainty around power and the, and the uncertainty around the decisions that are going to be made in Congress is what's going to affect the stock market. And so there's no secret right now. We understand that, that the Georgia Senate race is projected to go to a runoff. Okay, so we, we have uncertainty around that race. We also have other races across across the nation that are, that are taking a long time for ballots to be counted, and there's going to be uncertainty around that situation. But once we have certainty about who is going to be in office, the results from the election are not going to affect the overall equity market performance that much. Investors are going to pretty much forget about it. Like they're going to go back to policy. They're going back to the Fed. We're going back to inflation. We're going back to year over year revenue performance, year over year profit, EBITDA margins, all that type of stuff. Like this is only during the period. And once we get the results, then the market tends to move on. Now, the biggest stock market performance influence in the midterm election years, our analysis shows that the health of the economy is a much more important factor than midterm election results. The last time the S&P 500 index produced negative returns during the 12 months after a midterm election was 1939, a time of tremendous economic contraction and uncertainty as the U.S. battled the Great Depression and World War II began in Europe. So that makes a lot of sense. This also explains why negative pre-midterm market returns dominated the 1960s and 70s, pulling down the overall pre-midterm average. The late 1960s and 70s were a time of slow economic growth marked by high unemployment, rising energy prices, and significant inflation. So that's why you keep hearing all of these comparisons to the 1970s simply because we've been dealing with high energy prices and we've been dealing with significant inflation. We haven't seen the high unemployment yet, but many economists out there believe that the high unemployment will reveal itself over the next few quarters. Now, if you exclude the five midterm elections in the 60s and 70s, the average S&P 500 return for the pre-midterm election year is 8.1%, roughly in line with the average annual S&P 500 performance. Since then, the economy has grown steadily with accommodating central bank policy keeping inflation low. This suggests that a healthy overall macroeconomic environment carries greater weight than any policy uncertainty. And so now we talk about midterm elections and we understand that senators and congressmen 
and the president, they affect physical policy. So the policy that they enact on Capitol Hill affect physical spending. So the money that the government is going to spend. We've been talking a lot this year about monetary policy and about how the Federal Reserve is controlling interest rates, right? Accommodating central bank policy is what has been keeping inflation low for a long, long period of time. But when we have restrictive central bank policy, okay, that's what's going to affect the market and bring more uncertainty and could really truly affect the capital markets and the cost of capital and, you know, investors having the ability and also the investors wanting to invest money when interest rates are, are, are markedly higher. Now, analyzing the factors going into the 2022 midterm election, this these midterm election results are unlikely to affect broad equity market performance, but we could see effects on specific sectors or industries. If Republicans gain control of either body of Congress, we'll likely see relative legislative gridlock. Perhaps most notably, Republicans would gain the ability to use subpoena power to pursue investigations of the White House. However, such investigations historically have little to no capital market impact. While President Biden would be limited in his ability to push through any new policies over the next two years, existing policies would likely remain in place, okay? If Republicans gain control of both the House and the Senate, President Biden's agenda would face a strong headwind. Again, any major policy initiatives from the Biden administration would likely be stimmied. Congress in this scenario would, would only be likely to enact must-pass legislation such as continuing government funding or National Defense Authorization Act. That said, the White House could continue to pursue executive orders and rulemaking that might impact specific industries. If Democrats retain both the Senate and the House, a scenario that's considered the most unlikely outcome based, based on pre-election polling and also what we've seen since we've seen some results thus far, it raises the potential passage of Democrats' more sweeping policy agenda. This includes the unpassed components of the Build Back Better legislation. Components of that could include expanded social spending, corporate and individual tax increases, additional clean energy investments and subsidies, and raising or eliminating the cap on state and local income tax deductions. So we've got these three midterm, we've got these three midterm elections outcomes. Let's say that that, that the Republicans only win one one house of congress let's say they win the house or they win the senate that's going to limit major changes to tax and spending policy and the market tends to like gridlock because with gridlock nothing nothing gets changed right no so pretty much no additional taxes can be levied on individuals or businesses no additional regulation can be enacted which could further inhibit the growth and inhibit investors ability to invest more money into the economy right let's say the republicans win both the house and the senate there's going to be a strong headwind for white house agenda legislative gridlock and brinksmanship right so pretty much there's not going to be that much physical spending on the side if the democrats cannot keep the house or the senate and if the Democrats retain both the House and the Senate, that is total government. That means that the Democrats really, truly have the ability to do most of what they want to do. 
Now what that now what now just because just because they have the house in the Senate, which they have the house in the Senate right now, it depends on the level, the level of control they have because certain because certain um certain bills that get passed require a 60-40 split or a 66-33 split. Some require just a 50 plus one, which would be the vice president breaking a tie in a case of, you know, new legislation coming about. And so if the Democrats were able to retain both the House and the Senate, the Democrats would press forward with key initiatives, potentially revisiting the Build Back Better agenda items and things of that nature that they ran on back in 2020. So how do you structure your investment portfolio to weather the 2022 midterm election and beyond? While it's tempting to speculate which party or parties will control the House and the Senate after the 2022 midterm elections, the midterm elections shouldn't have a significant impact on your investment portfolio or the investment strategy developed in partnership with your financial professional. Now, the U.S. physical policy may change after the midterms, but it's economic fundamentals, not election results, that historically play the greatest role in equity market performance before and after midterm elections. Leading up to the election, it's fair to say that economic developments could factor into voter sentiment. As November 8th draws closer, the potential outcome of the election is likely to draw greater investor scrutiny. Again, history tells us that, that a specific election outcome in terms of which party controls the levers of power will not have a direct income on capital market performance. While investors may want to keep an eye on the political environment in 2022, other issues have so far taken center stage. Ongoing inflation concerns and a major policy shift by the Federal Reserve have been dominant market drivers this year. The Fed is tightening monetary policy, raising short-term interest rates, and reducing its role as an owner of U.S. Treasury and mortgage-backed securities. The Fed's stance is aimed at slowing the pace of economic growth and ultimately stemming the tide of higher inflation and its actions are likely to contribute to ongoing capital market volatility leading to the midterm elections. Despite the Fed's effort to temper economic activity, consumer and corporate balance sheets remain strong. The longer these fundamentals persist, the less likely, the less likely it is that policy uncertainty related to the election outcome will impact the markets to any great extent. So pretty much how should you structure your investment portfolio during this time based on the 2022 midterm elections? You should not be investing or structuring your portfolio or investing into certain industries over the long term, like your long-term portfolio should not be affected based on who is in and who is out of Congress, right? It, it doesn't really matter. It's more so about understanding what is going on in the economy. Like, like they were saying before about the Federal Reserve, what is the Fed doing with monetary policy? Is it accommodative? Is it restrictive? That's what we need to be focused on. The 2022 midterm elections will only be here for a time. They're not going to be here for long, and they're not going to affect the market for long. The uncertainty that's around it is only going to happen until we know who's going to control the House and we know who's going to control the Senate. We already know who the president is, so we just got to put the pieces together. Once we understand that, then the market will put that behind us and they will move, they, they will move forward. 
They may price in a Democratic sweep. They'll price that in accordingly. They may price in a Republican sweep. They'll they'll, they'll price that in accordingly. They, they, they may price in gridlock on both sides. Like whatever the investing, whatever the investment committee to, decides to price in based on what happens during these during these midterm elections, they're going to price it in and they're going to move on. Now the second article, second article I want to look at is let me see let me get the right one okay here we go here's the one this this one is from jp morgan okay midterm elections how will midterm elections impact markets ultimately it's policy not politics that has the most impact on the economy and markets mira pandit global market strategies now the midterm elections are less than six months away so th th this article is a little bit older but it's still very very relevant information in here and the prospects for Democrats to hold on to their majorities in Congress is slim. The Democrats have a five-seat majority in the House of Representatives, and the Senate is split 50-50. In the upcoming midterm elections, 35 Senate seats are up for election, 21 currently held by Republicans, and 14 held by Democrats. All 435 House seats are up for election, and the reapportionment and, redistrict and redistricting processes following the 2020 census should favor the Republicans. Not only do the Democrats hold only a razor-thin majority in Congress, but also history is not on their side. The president's party has lost House seats in 17 of 19 midterm elections since World War II and Senate seats in 13 of 19 with an average seat loss of 27 seats in the House and three to four seats in the Senate. Additionally, midterms are often a referendum on the current administration, and the president's approval ratings are low. Therefore, divided government seems to be the most likely income. Ultimately, it's policy, not politics, that has the most impact on the economy and markets. Despite recent renewed discussions on a stripped-down version of Build Back Better, the odds are against seeing significant spending or tax increases passed before the midterms. After the midterms, divided government is likely to drive political gridlock as there are few areas for bipartisan compromise. Recently improved budget numbers suggest that the debt ceiling won't become an issue before 2024, although a standoff leading to a government shutdown is quite possible in the new Congress. However, investors need not panic over divided government as it is the most common political configuration. Through divided government since World War II, the economy has grown at a pace of 2.7% on average, and market returns were 7.9%, so right in line with the 8.1% that we saw in the previous article. This underscores a critical point for investors. Do not let how you feel about politics overrule how you think about investing. Voters have very strong opinions about the prior two presidents. But average annual stock market returns during the Trump and Obama administrations were nearly identical at 16.0% and 16.3% respectively, and well above the average over the last 30 years of 10.6%. Investors who allowed their political opinions to get the better of investment logic have missed out on above average returns during political administration they didn't like. Markets do not like uncertainty, so we, so we typically see higher volatility and lower returns in the lead up to elections. 
However, election results provide the clarity that allows volatility to settle down and markets to settle up. Since 1942, median equity market returns in the first three quarters of midterm elections were negative 1%, 2%, and 5%, respectively. But fourth quarter returns jumped to 8%. In summary, history suggests investors should not allow either political preference or political uncertainty to dictate their investment decisions. So we see two articles that are, that are pretty much beating and marching to the same drum. That's how you need to operate. I don't care about the Republican Party, and I don't care about the Democratic Party in relation to how the markets perform. I only care about what is Apple doing? What is Dollar General doing? What is Procter & Gamble doing? What is Crocs doing? What are these what are these publicly traded companies doing? That, that, that's what affects the market, not Republicans or Democrats necessarily. It's the, the volatility is only for a short amount of time. So we can't get hung up on it. Now, these are some good exhibits that I want us to check out and I want us to see that are very, very interesting. So this first exhibit that we're looking at is pretty much pretty much telling us that divided government does not hurt the economy or markets. And that makes sense because most of the time government is divided. 61% of the time government is divided and government being divided shows up in the, up in the gray bars. The blue bars are when Democrats are only controlling the government and Republicans are only controlling the government when these bars are red. Now, if we look at this, the 12.9% returns that we have when the Republicans are, are pretty much in control, right? We've got 12.9% returns for the market when we have a straight Republican, straight Republican, um, I can't, can't hardly talk. When the Republicans control the presidency, the House, and the Senate, this is what we're talking about in terms of Republican. And the average returns is 12.9%, which happens 11% of the time going back to the 40s. Okay, we're going all the way back to the 40s, right? When the Democrats are in control, we have an average return of 9.9%, which occurs 29% of the time, which goes all the way back to the 40s. So at the end of the day, we cannot, we cannot invest based on what our political affiliation is because you're going to get burnt if you're doing that because largely how people are in society, they use their political affiliations as emotional and they're very, very emotional on their decision making based on that. And I don't want you to do that in this market, okay? Now, real GDP now, what is real GDP? Now, you know, GDP stands for gross domestic product and gross domestic product is pretty much how the economy is either accelerating or decelerating what is being added to the economy or what is being taken away from the economy. Now, look at this. Now, remember the gray ball or divided government, real GDP increases 2.7% year over year when we have divided government, which occurs 61% of the time. When Democrats are in control totally, real GDP is 4%, while Republicans being in control, real GDP is 2.8%. Why is that? Why is real GDP higher for when Democrats are in control versus 
real GDP being lower when Republicans are in control. The reason why is because of how GDP is calculated. And a big part of the GDP calculation is physical spending, i.e. government spending. Democrats, Democrats typically tend to spend more than Republicans do. And so when you spend more, that tends to help foster up and help elevate GDP. Republicans tend not to spend that much money. So that's why GDP tends to be lower when they're in office, which is right in line with the divided government piece, right? That's right in line with the, with the divided government piece. The divided government real GDP is 2.7%, Republicans 2.8%. So pretty much we're going to be right in line at that 2.8% when we have divided government. But but when the Democrats are in office, Democrats tend to spend more money. When they spend more money, that helps elevate our GDP, which I believe is another reason why the markets may perform well. Because when, when the economy is performing better, right, when, and when GDP is higher, that tends to be an indication of the economy performing better. That's what we tend to see at the end of the day. It's not saying I'm not sitting up here telling you that, that Republicans govern better than Democrats or Democrats govern better than Republicans. I'm just sitting here giving you the information and just letting you know that you should not be investing based on political affiliation. You should not be doing that. Last one. Last one I want to check out is from Charles Schwab. Will the midterms affect market performance? Stocks tend to outperform after midterm elections. Will the trend hold? Now, the correlation between stock market performance and midterm elections is well documented. In 17 of the 19 midterms since 1946, the market has performed better in the six months following an election than it did in the six months leading up to it. And if we look at this out of sync, this year's market performance has already diverged significantly from the average midterm election year. So we've been down 25% at some times during this year. Now, now, when we look at this, we understand that, you know, that's why that's why we can't just hold on to man, you know, th th this is a midterm election year. We've been dealing with a lot of inflation and a lot of uncertainty around the globe. So that, that's the reason why the market has been down significantly. Now, so with the upcoming midterms on November 8th, can investors expect similarly strong post-election performance well into next spring? Post-election outperformance is often driven by the market's expectation of increased government spending from a new Congress, says Lizanne Saunders, Schwab's chief investment strategist. But an additional infusion of funds seems unlikely this year, given the government's historic level of spending and stimulus in response to the pandemic. In fact, all that money is one contributor to the 40-year high, infl high inflation, and any new spending would likely exacerbate the issue. The combination of high inflation, the war in Ukraine, and a lingering pandemic has already made this cycle unlike prior midterm years, Lizanne says. With so many other forces at play in the market, I wouldn't put much weight in historical midterm year performance. So I really truly like what she said because she's making some good, she's making some good points and she's putting some perspective in terms of why the post-election performance tends to be so well. 
I'm not telling you that the market can't perform well over the next 12 months. You know what I'm saying? Simply because when the market has been down as much as we've been this year, statistically, even, even without taking midterm elections into perspective, the stock market tends to perform better the 12 months after being in a bull market anyway. So there's something that we need to put into perspective. But we also need to understand how is government ran when Republicans are in office? How is government ran when Democrats are in office? How is, how is government ran when we have divided government? Based off of these statistics that we see, we understand that Democrats spend more money. When you spend more money, that GDP component that GDP, a big component of GDP is based on physical spending. And when and since the Democrats spend more, spend more money when they're in office, that means real GDP tends to be higher, right? And when you look at more physical spending that tends to happen after midterm elections, that's going to increase your GDP. And so GDP is going to be GDP is going to is is going to be projected to be much much lower than the than the typical growth rate for 2023. Like like the the expectations for GDP is much much lower for 2023 tip specifically because we're not expecting that much physical spending at the same time we're also expecting a recession due to the tightening policies that the Fed has been doing and the Fed has been They've been raising those interest rates, which we are expecting to really, truly hurt the economy. And so that's why at the end of the day, y'all, at the end of the day, this is what I want you to know and what I want you to pay attention to at the end of the day. We understand that midterm elections will affect the market and we will have uncertainty. But once we get past it, the uncertainty is not going to be here for long. Do not, and I repeat, do not make investment-related decisions based on your political affiliation. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a registered independent. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it's not going to affect S&P 500 performance. The performance of these companies, what these companies do in products, what they do from a revenue, cost perspective, adding value to shareholders, that's what's going to affect it. And, and even that, even policy, policy, Policy is more of a of an effector than politics. Policy is over the politics. We care more about what is the physical policy going to be? What is the monetary policy going to be? And how was the physical policy and the monetary policy affecting the economy? Because at the end of the day, we can have great performance from stocks, but if the economy is bad, stocks are not going to perform well at the end of the day. So I want you just to understand that about the midterm elections. There's some things I want you to keep in mind. Keep in mind that tomorrow we have October CPI, right? So we're going to be receiving the consumer price index for tomorrow. We're going to see that inflation number. Okay, With that inflation number, we are expecting a 7.9% year-over-year increase. This is the first time all year long that we are expecting 7.9% to be the inflation handle. And so that is really, truly going to affect the market. Remember, back in March, back in March or in June, we had a 9.1% handle on the year-over-year CPI. Now we are expecting 7.9%. 
But the inflation has been very, very sticky all year long. So I'm not going to sit up here and expect that inflation is going to be much better. If inflation is bad, expect the market to come on down and expect us to retest those lows that we had on October 12th. And at the end of the day, we don't, and at the, at the end of the day, right now, we don't know who's going to control Congress as of right now at this moment, to my knowledge, because they're still counting votes, okay? They're still counting votes, and they're still trying to figure out who's going to be in control. So we're going to also have uncertainty related to the elections until we get those final results. Keep that in mind. Make sure you check your S&P 500 charts, do your technicals, mark your support, mark your resistance, because it's going to be very, very important for us to understand this. Watch that 389 level. That 389 level is very, very important on the daily chart, okay? Watch that as resistance, okay? If we cannot break that 389 level, we're going to be breaking down to the downside. If we can break that 389 level, come back down and retest it as support, we'll probably be able to move higher because that resistance will then turn into support. Remember about support and resistance. Resistance can become support and vice versa. So keep all of that stuff in mind as we're looking into the stock market and making decisions, okay? As always, I thank all of y'all again for tapping in with another episode of the Trade for Yourself podcast. Please do not forget to like the video. Please like this video, y'all. This really helps me out in the algorithm. Please like, please subscribe. This is going to help me with the channel. Reach out to me in the comments. Let me know how you feel about these midterm elections. How are you positioning your portfolio going into the end of this year? And what expectations do you have for next year? Because the stories around the market, trust me, they're going to change and they're going to be a lot different where we are in November 2022 from where, from where we will be in November 2023. As always, don't pay for it. Trade for it. I'm going to tap in with y'all on the next episode.